hand clap for Apostle John Eckhart. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Thank you so much. Thank you for your your warm welcome. I'm excited to be here at Word of Truth. Thank you, Pastor, for your introduction and for your invitation. My first time here in this local assembly, and um, I kind of got stirred up in the worship, and I heard the song of the Lord and couldn't wait, and I jumped up here and sang. Um, One of the things that um, I love to do is I love to prophesy, and I love the prophetic ministry, and um, I love also deliverance. We're going to talk about deliverance uh, some this morning, and then tonight we're going to actually have a mass deliverance or cleansing service. So if you, after I preach, you may recognize some things in your life that you need uh, to be released from. And I'll give you the background of how I uh, came into deliverance. I do have some people that have joined me and have come um, from different places. Um, two of my spiritual daughters, one from Dallas and one from Houston, um, are here with me today. I want them to stand up, Sheila and Marina. They came to join me this morning. And then um, from Chicago... Uh, I have a, uh, a prophet that I brought with me, a strong prophet. I was with him Friday in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, ministering. I flew from Harrisburg here. Uh, he's here, and I'll be having him to release the word of the Lord tonight. Um, Marcus Beaver, would you just stand up, and I want you to welcome him from Chicago. Uh, he is really a miracle. He, uh, he was in the hospital for several months. Uh, in a coma, didn't even remember anything. And, and we prayed for him. He really died, and God brought him back to life. Uh, just a walking miracle. And uh, when he was in that coma, I prayed that God, please don't let him die. I need him. And the Lord was gracious and brought him back to life. And so he's here traveling again, preaching, prophesying. He's a Rhema graduate. Uh, so he knows how to use his faith. Thank God for faith. I said, thank God for faith. And so I want to, uh, before I minister, I do have a few books that I brought with me. Um, I've written over 50 books, mostly on prayer, the prophetic, the apostolic, and deliverance. And my son and daughter-in-law are here. They brought some books with me. Usually, I just um, encourage people to go to Amazon and order them. But I did bring a few with me. Um, this book is called Activate Heaven. It talks about how to use your voice uh, to get heaven moving uh, on your behalf. The preach word, the decrees, the prophetic word, the power of your voice, how it really releases heaven to get involved in your situation. And then I have a, a book called Deliverance and Spiritual Warfare Manual. Now, I've been operating in the Ministry of Deliverance since 1984. So that's about, what, 30 seven years i've been operating it and most of what i've learned about deliverance i put in this book uh, about demons how to cast them out how to be delivered how to be a deliverance minister the things that you can do to help people get set free 
Um, and it's a, a book that I feel will really encourage you to get a greater understanding of that realm. And then another book I've written is called Break Every Chain. Um, 25 of the most common strongholds that we deal with in deliverance. Some of the most more common spirits uh, that we deal with in the ministry of deliverance. And there, there's also self-deliverance. You can pray and make decrees concerning areas of your life where you may be struggling and and uh, you may need freedom in. And it's also a good book to give people who need freedom and release uh, in their own life. I want to share um, very quickly this morning from James chapter 1 and verse number 8. James chapter 1 and verse number 8. It's a very common verse of scripture, but it is a foundational verse in my ministry. It simply says this, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Now that verse, I read it for years. I knew it referred to believing God and asking in faith. But I never really knew the depths of this particular scripture until God began to open this verse up to me concerning deliverance. Um, Many years ago, I began to recognize that there are many people inside and outside of the church that are very unstable in their personality. We're dealing with a lot of unstable people. And so I began to ask the Lord, I said, Lord, what is the key to being stable? How can we be stable individuals in our marriages, in our walk with God? I knew of believers who were up and down in their walk with God. They would be on fire for God and then away from God. They would be up serving God, then be depressed. And I saw people like on a roller coaster, like a ping pong ball, just like a yo-yo, just all over the place. And the Lord, the Lord taught me. He said, son, I want to give you an understanding spiritually of what is going on. In the lives of, of people. And he taught me James 1 and 8. He said a double minded man. Is unstable. In all of his ways. He said. One of the root causes of instability. Is being double minded. So I began to do a study on. What it means to be double minded. The first study I did. I found out the word double minded. The word minded there. In the Greek is the word suke, where we get the word psyche from. And in the Greek, it literally means a person with two souls. Two souls. Now, we know that you have one souls, but it refers to a person who is what we call in the, uh, in the psychiatric terminology, schizophrenia. Um, a person that is double-souled. And then, and then uh, as I began to study this and began to move in deliverance, The Lord taught me this, and I want you to hear me very carefully, because this is an important point I'm going to make. The Lord says, son, this pattern is a pattern that the devil tries to put on every person that is born on this planet. He wants none of us to be stable. He wants all of us to have some instability in our lives. As a matter of fact, the Lord calls it Satan's master plan. And it is really a demonic pattern 
that Satan brings, uh, usually early in life, to cause people as they grow up to become very unstable, whether in marriage, in relationships, even in their walk with God. And the reason why this is so important to the enemy is because the preceding verse says that when you ask God, you must ask in faith, doubting nothing. For he that doubts is like a wave that's tossed to and fro. And then it says, let not that man think that he shall receive anything from the Lord. So the Lord taught me, he said, this is Satan's desire that you never receive fully what God has for you. And so it is a plan or what I call a master plan or a blueprint that Satan tries to put on every individual. And so I began to look at myself and I began to say, Lord, is there any instability in my life? Because most people would say, well, and I'm not unstable. I'm pretty, I'm pretty good. I'm not schizophrenic. I don't, I don't need medication. I don't need to go uh, to a psychiatrist, but you know, the different levels of instability. And one of the worst things you can do is to marry someone who's unstable. Marriage is designed by God to be between two stable people. And when you have one or two people that are unstable, the marriage will not go well. As a matter of fact, if you have any instability in your life, any inconsistency in your life, if you're not steadfast, if you're not consistent, if you're not the, the kind of person uh, that is basically always on an even keel and you find yourself up and down, depressed, sad, withdrawn uh, on one one week or one month. And then later, you, you know, you're full of joy and hope and you're like on this emotional roller coaster, then you really do need healing and deliverance. And the Lord taught me, he said, son, I want to give you the key to setting people free. I want to give you the key to healing people. I want to give you the key to making people whole. And so I've been involved now in deliverance since 1984. I began um, in my in my probably about um, seven or eight years after I started ministering. The Lord brought me into the ministry of deliverance. It was a very unusual way that I came into deliverance uh, because no one in my church was teaching deliverance. We didn't know very much about deliverance and I was in charge at that time of doing books uh, for our church bookstore. So I had a catalog. And um, I would look through the different titles. And most of the books I was ordering at that time were faith books and books on healing and books on prosperity. Um, but as I was looking through the catalog, I saw a listing of books that I'd never seen before. And the titles intrigued me. One was Demolishing the Host of Hell. One was Annihilating the Host of Hell. One was Smashing the Host of Hell. One was Eradicating the Host of Hell. One was battling the hosts of hell. So I said, whoever this guy is, he don't like the host of hell. (laughs) So I never heard of this author. And so I ordered one book. It was called Demolishing the Host of Hell. When I got this book, I began to read this book and found out, even though I was an ordained minister, I knew absolutely nothing about the ministry of deliverance. When I was reading, it blew my mind. I was, I was so 
impressed. I ordered every book he wrote. I read all of them. Then I took a journey and I went to his church, the author of these books, and I visited his church and I began to go to workshops and seminars on deliverance. I began to incorporate the ministry of deliverance uh, in our church and um, my whole ministry changed. And uh, I saw so many miracles of people that needed deliverance, believers in the church that needed prayer, that were struggling with certain things that, that were demonic. And, and so I began to uh, uh, do deliverance teaching and, and I've been involved in that now for 37 years and um i thank you i have seen quite a number of miracles in my life and ministry that came through the ministry of deliverance and i prayed for thousands of people and so maybe in 19 i would say 87 uh, we conducted our first mass deliverance service in chicago we had Hundreds of people to show up and I never done a mass deliverance, um, but we, we took people through prayer and we, we did some renunciations and I began to command things to loose people and people started getting a deliverance. It was just an unbelievable service. I mean, I never seen anything like it with people getting set free from demons. And it's not something that the church often likes to talk about because, you know, doing deliverance is not pleasant. You know, generally you don't want to deal with demons. Uh, but Jesus, he, he told us that the first sign that should follow a believer is in my name, they'll cast out devils. That's in Mark 16. And so I, I felt that if I'm a believer, uh, I should be operating in this. And I even began to submit to some deliverance in certain areas of my life as a pastor. And so we, we began to raise up deliverance teams and we began to train people in the ministry of deliverance. And I began to teach on this subject. And we, we saw just so many people set free. And then the Lord brought me into this understanding of double mindedness. And he said, son, I want to teach you uh, one of the patterns that the enemy brings on every person he can. And that is to make them unstable and to make them double minded so they cannot prosper. They cannot get ahead. There's an interesting verse in Genesis chapter 49 when Jacob is prophesying over his 12 sons and he gets to one of his sons, the oldest son by the name of Reuben, and he says this prophetically. He said, Reuben, you will not excel because you were double minded. Because you were double minded, you will not excel. And the Lord showed me that many times the reason why people don't prosper is because they're double-minded. They're, they're not consistent. Uh, they're not steadfast. They're not unmovable in their walk with God, in business, in marriage, whatever it is. It's very difficult to find steadfast people. It's very, it's very difficult even today to find people you can depend on. Even friends and relationships that you can depend on. It's very difficult in today's society because so many people struggle uh, from this, this thing called double-mindedness until they're inconsistent, they're not steadfast, they're, they change on you. And so when you find someone who is stable, hold on to that person. 
because they're far and in between. Even in the church, there are many people that are not as consistent in the things of God as they should be because of this demonic pattern called double-mindedness. It says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. And so one of my assignments is to minister to people because God wants you to excel. God wants you to prosper. God wants you to be consistent. God wants you to be steadfast in your marriage, in your relationships, in your ministry, in your calling. And so I began to, I began to ask the Lord, Lord, show me any inconsistency in my own life as a preacher. Lord, am I consistent? Am I consistently joyful? Am I consistently holy? Am I consistently kind? Am I, am I a consistent believer when it comes to worship, when it comes to prayer, when it comes to walking with you? Or do I have these times in my life where I'm just all over the place and I'm up and down and I'm in, and I'm in a low place and then I'm in a high place and I'm all over the place? Lord, I want you to show me in my own life where I may need some deliverance because I want to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. It is God's desire that we be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. You know, one thing I like about God is that he is the Lord. He changes not. I'm glad God never has a day when you wake up and you go to God and he say, look, I'm not feeling good today. Get out of my face. Aren't you glad you got a God that's always the same? Well, we're made in the image of God. Most people don't realize that if you're made in the image of God, then if God is the same, if God doesn't change, if God is consistent. Now, that doesn't mean you don't grow and you don't shift in things, but it simply means that God is a God that is steadfast. He's faithful. He's the same uh, today, yesterday and to ever, forever rather. And because I am made in God's image, my desire should always to be like God. I should be the same. I should be consistent in my walk with God, in my relationships, in the way I live, in my emotions. I should I shouldn't be all over the place. I should be a consistent believer. And if there's anything in my life that is causing me not to be able to be that consistent, steadfast believer, I want to get rid of it. Are you all here this morning? I want that out of my life. And so I began to study uh, this particular subject. And if you've ever done a study of this from the deliverance point of view, you'll find out that the root cause, the root cause of double mindedness is always, always, always the spirit of rejection. It is always the root cause of this problem, especially rejected, rejected from a young age. The enemy will try and all of us have experienced some rejection in our lives. Some people have been able to overcome it and um, really develop a stable personality. There are other people that get rejected and they have a difficult time overcoming it. And what the enemy does, he puts a, a root of rejection in people. And what this does, it opens the door for another spirit called the spirit of rebellion. Rejection, rebellion. Rejection, rebellion. 
rejection, rebellion. If you notice a child, if a child is often feels rejected, they become rebellious because rebellion is a cry for love. It's a cry for attention. And it's interesting when you look at these two spirits, rejection and rebellion, they're really, they're, they're, they're kind of opposite. One is more inward where you feel depressed, you feel sad, you feel lonely, you feel hurt. It's more that introvert, inward personality, but the other is outward. It's more lashing out. It's more anger. It's stubbornness. It's selfishness. Uh, it's a spirit that they're the opposite of rejection. And it's almost as if these two spirits work together in a person to try to set up two opposing personalities within the individual and they actually draw strength from each other. And this is one of the root causes of double-mindedness. Now, unfortunately, most pastors, including myself, if you go to Bible school, they don't teach you very much about the demonic realm. I am a Bible school dropout. I'm going to tell you why. I was attending Moody Bible Institute in Chicago. It's an evangelical school. They don't really believe in the power of the Holy Spirit and, and, and prophecy and deliverance and things like that. But I was just going there to get a good foundation in Scripture because I, I wanted to study the Word of God and have some type of, you know, educational system. And so I'm in a, so I, I take a class and it's called Satan and Demons. I said, now this is interesting. I was excited. I get in the class. And the professor stands up and says, you know, he gives the whole teaching about where Lucifer came from and how Lucifer fell from heaven and where devils and, and, and Satan came from. But then he says this. He said, now, in the Bible, you see Jesus casting out demons and you see the apostles casting out demons. But that does not happen today. I said, huh? I said, what am I taking this class for? Why am I here? If none of this stuff is useful for me as a preacher, if it's just theology and doctrine, I quit. I walked out the class, walked out the school, and never went back. Why should I pay my money for a class where the instructor is telling me that God doesn't deliver people today and God doesn't heal people today and God doesn't do miracles today. Well, why, why, why should I, why would I even sit in an atmosphere of unbelief? And so I left the school because I figured if I'm going to be a pastor, I'm definitely not going to get up and tell people, you know, there's no deliverance today. Uh, I'm from Chicago. I, I, I don't know about Dallas, but in Chicago, we got demons. We got a whole bunch of demons in Chicago. I'm from the south side of Chicago, so I know about demons. I've had to deal with demons. You know, if people were talking about terrorism and the terrorists of, uh, over in Afghanistan and Iraq, and I say, look, I grew up around terrorists. Amen. I'm not afraid of terrorism. I, I had terrorists in my neighborhood on the south side of Chicago. They were called gangbangers. We, we used to terrorists. And so most pastors are not even equipped to deal with demonized people. The only thing I knew about deliverance was the movie The Exorcist, which I saw when I wasn't saved. And I came home and, and slept with the lights on. 
Because in that movie, the priest didn't do well. He ended up jumping out of the window and killing himself. Now see, that would not have worked for me. If I couldn't have got the demon out of that young girl, I'd have said, look, listen, daughter, I'm going to leave a bottle of oil here and a prayer cloth. Amen. I, I'm not going to kill myself. Jesus died. I'm not dying. I'm sorry. We're going to be praying for you. But here, you take this prayer cloth and you take this bottle of oil and we're going to be standing in faith that this demon is going to leave you. I am not jumping out of a window for anybody. So I didn't know, I didn't know very much about deliverance from school, even as a pastor. We didn't, we didn't really do much. So I'm praying for this young lady. When I first got involved in deliverance, I'm praying for this young lady that came to me and she said, she's a believer. She said, pastor, uh, every time I read the Bible, I'm confused. She said, I, I, she said, I don't know what it is. She said, I'm, I'm confused. I just can't understand scripture. When I read the Bible, I get confused. Uh, it's just, it's like it's an attack on my head. I don't want to know what it is. So I say, well, what's your background? She said, I was raised Christian science. She said, I was a Christian scientist all my life. I was brought up in the Christian science, uh, scientist religion. I didn't know very much about Christian scientists. She said, I have, I have cases of books uh, that I have in my home on um, Christian science, and I, I was raised. So I said, let me pray for you. So I lay my hands on her head, and I say, you spirits in her mind that are causing confusion, I command you to come out in the name of Jesus. When I said that, she began to scream at the top of her, her voice. I never heard anything like this. And she said, she began to scream and um, she said, it feels like something is about to, to, she said that the pain is so intense in my head. She said, it feels like my head is about to, to split open. And I said, you demons in this young lady's mind that are causing her pain and headache and confusion, I command you in the name of Jesus to come out. And I put my hands on her head and she began to just scream and, and began to just move all over the place. And, and I began to pray. And all of a sudden, uh, she began to, to manifest and those demons came out of her. And from that moment onward, when she read the Bible, she was no longer confused. Hmm. And so I'm having all these encounters in deliverance in praying for people. And I began to pray for people. I remember once I was invited to someone's, a, a lady, a daughter just was, just had lost her mind. And she said, I can't even bring her to church because she's just, she's, 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 she's not coherent. She said, would you come to my home? And let me, let me tell you this, this, this story before I tell you that one. Another lady uh, contacted us. She was dying. She, she, she couldn't eat. She couldn't hold any food down. And I found out she had anorexia. And the doctors told her, if you don't eat, you're going to die. And so we went to her home. And when she opened the door, she looked like a skeleton. And I said, oh, my God. And so we sat her down. She had went through a divorce, got depressed, and lost her appetite and couldn't eat. And so I began, we began, I had a whole team with me. We began to pray for her. And I said, you spirit 
that is taking this young lady's appetite away, I command you to come out of her. She grabs her stomach. She bends over. She begins to scream. And she says, it feels like someone is putting a knife in my stomach. And I said, you demons in her stomach, you come out. And she just begins to let this scream out. And all of a sudden, after a few moments of of praying for her, she sits up straight and she said, it's gone. And, And when it left, the whole the whole room was filled with a foul odor. You could smell it. Unclean. That young lady got her appetite back. She started to eat again. She got her weight back. In other words, she did not die, but she lived because of deliverance. Come on, we have power over demons. When you're praying for people and they have things that don't make sense, stop treating it like it's natural. It's demonic. Learn how to pray and command those things to come out. Don't don't be afraid. This other young lady, we went to her home and um, the, the mother invited, a very wealthy lady, and invited us into the home. So we're praying for this young lady. And uh, when we're praying for her, so much uncleanness came out of this girl until we had to get a bag. And it, it was just pouring out of her. I said, you unclean spirits, come out of this girl. And, and she just began to ride. And all of a sudden, all of this uncleanness begins to come out of us, out of her. It's one of those situations where you, you, you wish, you, you want to say when you encounter that kind of stuff, you want to say, Lord, here am I, send him. Cause it's, it's, it's just, it's unpleasant. You know, you know, you gotta deal with all these unclean spirits in people, um, and, and minister. I remember I was in the nation of Kuwait. We're doing a deliverance and they brought a, a, a Indian lady in. We begin to pray for this lady. She falls on the floor. She's on her back. And I say, come out. And the demon said, we're coming out. And I said, come out. It said, we're coming out. I said, we'll come out. It said, we're coming out. But it wouldn't go. Now, the problem was when I was in Kuwait ministering, it was during their Ramadan season, and there were no restaurants open during the day, and the only thing you could eat at night was McDonald's, and I knew the McDonald's was closing at 12 o'clock after the service. So in my mind, I'm thinking, I hope this demon leaves before 12 o'clock because I'm hungry, and I need to get to McDonald's. I know it's not very spiritual. Here's somebody manifesting demons, and I'm thinking about Big Macs. I just repented and asked God to forgive me. I'm like, come out. We were coming out. This went on like 20 minutes. I'm like, oh God, time is ticking away. The McDonald's is going to close. I said, come out. We're coming out. It's like the demon was mocking me. And so I said, Lord, I said, Lord, please deliver this girl before McDonald's close. Not just have mercy on her, have mercy on me, Lord. And so finally, the demon, it left. And the, and the lady was set free, and I'm like, God, thank you. The end of the story, we did get to McDonald's. I did get, get my sandwich. Yeah, God was merciful to me in Kuwait. 
you know, dealing with Ramadan. I don't mind fasting. I just don't like religious folk telling me I can't eat. When they told me that all restaurants were closed, I wanted to eat more in, in, in Kuwait. So we, we had some very interesting, interesting deliverance. Now, all the time, it's not that crazy. It's not that wild. I pray for people, and there's hardly any manifestation, and people get delivered. So we don't, we don't try to promote manifestations, but we, we've seen some crazy things in the ministry of deliverance. Um, and so people ask me all the time, well, how do you cast out devils? I say it's very easy. You learn two words, come out. It's amazing how people never say that. They say, come off, come away. Jesus never said, come off. Because he said, cast out devils. In order to cast some out, it's got to be in. I know that's not heavy theology. We got folk that get it off you and folk talking about, can a Christian, I know a Christian can have a demon on them and hanging on them. We ain't worried about the stuff that's hanging on you. You can shake that off. We worry about the stuff that's in you. Amen. That needs to come out. Amen. And, and get delivered from. And so this whole double mind. You see, God wants us to have stable marriages. I said, God wants us to have stable relationships. There are many people, they get married and they're not ready for marriage because they're not stable. And we do a good job of hiding our demons when we're dating. Folk are real nice when they're dating. Then when you marry them, they turn into, yes, Godzilla. Their head spins around the morning that you wake up. They come with the corn, the coffee saying, you want me to pour you some, baby? <laughs> unstable people don't do good in relationships. They're too unstable. The moment something doesn't go the way they think it should go, they either get into rejection, sadness, crying, or they get into rebellion. Anger, lashing out, and sometimes you can be with someone and you begin to wonder, who have I married? Even with friends. You can have friends and relationships and you wonder, who is this person? You ever been with someone you cannot figure them out because they're all over the place? And so we have, we have a lot of people today that are going to psychiatrists and they're getting medication and they're getting counseling when the problem is demonic. There are spirits that the enemy has been able to get in their lives that has caused them to be double-minded and unstable. And because the church has not really dealt with this issue and really ministered in this area, we find a lot of people that are functional, double-minded people. They can function for a while, but it won't be long before they change and, and they go off and you don't know what's wrong with them. Uh, you don't understand them because they've not dealt with the issues of their own life. And this is not something that the enemy tries to put on a few people. The enemy wants all of us to be unstable to some degree. He wants all of us not to be the stable, consistent, 
steadfast believer. So it's really up to you to position yourself to say, God, if there's anything in my life that is not right, I want to be delivered from it. I want to be set free from it. Lord, I want to be steadfast. I want to be unmovable. I want to always abound in the work of the Lord. Listen, I've been, I've been serving God for 43 years and there'll be times in my life and ministry when I was not the steadfast preacher that I knew God wanted me to be. There have been times when I've been down and, and then up and down. And so I said, Lord, I, I need you to help me to be that steadfast. Now, I know people say, well, you know, uh, Brother Eckhart, everybody is going to have their valleys and everybody is going to be down and everybody is going to be up. That's just normal. No, God did not create you to be some unstable person. God created you to be whole, to be steadfast, to be unmovable. Don't listen to the lie of the devil and make you think that's just the way it is. That's why most people never get delivered because they receive the lie. That's just the way it is. That's just, everybody's got a little crazy in them. Well, I want all the crazy out of me. I don't want no cray cray in me. I'm sorry. God didn't save me for me to be all over the place. God saved me to be joyful, to be victorious, to be faithful, to be whole, to be mature, to be consistent. That's the will of God for my life. And if you don't want it for your life, that's your life, but I'm going to pursue it for my life. Hmm. You have unstable people in the Bible. King Saul. One day he loves David. Next day he's trying to kill him. One day he's a pot, one day he puts all the witches out the land. Next day he's looking for one. This is a king. Can you imagine if Saul was your leader? You're playing for him. But there's a demon that's on him. And he loves you, calls for you, calls you his son. You're one of the king's favorites. But it wouldn't take long before jealousy comes in because of a song. Because of a song. David, uh, Saul has killed his thousands and David has killed his ten thousands. And from that moment onward, Saul began to change. This man was all over the place until David has to run for his life. That's an example. And one of the worst things you can be under is a double-minded leader. That's, that's terrible. Or if you have... Eh, I don't know if I can say this. Sometimes parents have this issue and children have to grow up under parents who need deliverance. Sometimes you're not careful. And see, we are, everybody wants to be in leadership. Everybody wants to be an apostle, prophet, bishop, archbishop, archbishop deluxe. But if you're going to be in leadership, you've got to be stable. If you're going to be over people, you've got to be stable. 
You cannot have instability in your own life and be over people and be in a place of position of authority. If you don't deal with the stuff in your own life, any rejection, any rebellion, any pride, and there's a whole list of demons that work under rejection. Rejection is like a strong man. There are, there are hundreds of demons that work with rejection. I'm going to get into it more as the day goes on. And there are a whole lot of demons that work with rebellion. I consider rejection and rebellion to be two strong men of Satan's kingdom. And there's a whole group of spirits that work under these spirits. So you can have people with all kinds of issues. Listen, people of God, I've learned in 43 years of ministry that many of the people that we minister to, they're not stable. But thank God for deliverance. Thank God God can set you free. Thank God God can heal you. Thank God God can make you whole. God never intended for us and sin and devils to ruin our lives so we cannot enjoy stability. We cannot be successful. We cannot excel. God wants us to be made whole. And it's not enough just to come to church and sing a few songs and let the word heal you. Let the power of God touch you. Let God get stuff out of your life. Let God make you whole. Be that strong, steadfast believer that's always walking in joy and the word. Don't be a roller coaster. Don't be up and down. Don't be in and out. The problem with a lot of backsliders, people that backslide all the time and they come back to God and they backslide again, it's double-mindedness. They're, they're not consistent in their walk with God. They're in church running with flags and blowing shofars. And then the next two months, they're in an ungodly sexual relationship. Amen. That's not godly. That's not consistent. That's not the way God created you to be up and down. Then you're back in church and back in holding communion trays and operating in the church. And you got white gloves on being an usher. And then you're leaving and then you're back out in the world, back on drugs, back drinking, back cussing, back lying. That's not God's will. That's not consistent. Jesus didn't save you for that. He saved you so you can be whole. You can be delivered. You can you can be steadfast. You can be consistent from the moment you get saved until the day you leave the earth you can be that believer i'm glad jesus wasn't double-minded i'm glad he didn't get to the cross and say oh i think i changed my mind this is not gonna work for me i'm ready for the cross but when i saw it nah. That's okay. I don't think I'm gonna go that way. I'm glad he was. I'm glad Jesus is the most stable person in the Bible. Amen. He doesn't let the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the religious people, he doesn't let the devil, he doesn't let anybody talk him out of what he knew God called him to do. Even when Peter uh, came, he said, get thee behind me, Satan. He was focused. He was consistent. He knew where he was going. He didn't have any bad days. And when he got into a tight situation, he knew how to pray in the garden of Gethsemane and get help from the sanctuary. But he kept going until he went on the cross because he was not a double-minded man. That's who I want to be like. I want to be like Jesus. When God tells me to do something, I don't change. I don't turn around. I don't turn back. I don't walk away. I don't have issues. I don't have problems. I'm not up and down. I'm moving in what God called me to do. That is the pattern that God wants for every one of us. But the enemy tries to put this double-minded thing on us. And so your confession today 
minded must be. I will not be double minded. I will not be unstable. I'll be steadfast. I'll be unmovable. I'll be consistent. I'll be whole. I'll be healed. I'll be delivered. I'll walk with God all the days of my life. I'll always praise God. I'll always worship God. I'll always walk in love. I'll always walk in peace. I'll always walk in shalom. I will not be a double minded, unstable person. Come on. If you believe that, I want you to put your hands together. As a matter of fact, stand on your feet and put your hands together and begin to give God praise in this place. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. 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 Ah. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. And I hear the Lord saying, I am the God that comes to give my people stability. The Lord said, I've come to make you strong and consistent. I've come to cause you to walk and be steadfast in my will and in my purpose. The Lord said, I am the one that comes to deliver. And I'm the one that comes to heal and to make whole. And the Lord said, I will take away from you the things that have interrupted your life. And the things that would cause you to be unstable and to be inconsistent. And the Lord said, I've come even to position you for success and prosperity and abundance in every area of your life. And the Lord said, I've come even to take away the things that have come into your life even at an early age. And things that cause you frustration. And things that cause you to lose your peace, your joy. And things that cause you to have even bad relationships. And not be able to function as a mature, strong believer. The Lord said, yes, I am the deliverer. I am the healer. I am the restorer. And I come to give knowledge and revelation on the plans of the enemy. The Lord said, you will not be ignorant of Satan's devices. You will not be ignorant of the schemes of the enemy. But I've come to give you insight. I've come to give you understanding. I've come to give you knowledge. I've come to give you revelation concerning the plans and tactics of the enemy. And what the enemy has done for years and years and years in the lives of multitudes. The Lord said he will not be able to do that to you. For you will understand his tactics and you will know the plans that the enemy. And the Lord said I've come today even to cancel the assignments of hell against your life. I've come to cancel the plans of darkness against your life. I've come to expose the works of darkness uh, that would come. I've come to bring light and revelation and insight that you might rise up and that you might be whole, that you might be healed. The Lord said, do not be afraid uh, and do not draw back uh, for I'm here even today to minister to you and to set you free and to loose you from the plans and attacks of the enemy. And the Lord says, you will find a 
new joy and a new peace and a new stability in your life that you've never had before. And the things that used to throw you back and the things that used to knock you down and the things that used to knock you out, they will not work in the days to come. But you'll be an overcomer. You'll be consistent. You'll walk past and beyond things that used to cause you to fail. You'll fail no more, says the Lord. I'll cause you to rise up and to put your feet upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. I give you the ability to tread upon the works of darkness that you might be that overcomer. I come to give you revelation. I've come to give you insight. I've come to open your eyes. I've come to cause you to see in the spirit realm even the things that would trouble you and even afflict you. And the Lord says today is a day of healing. Today is a day of restoration. Today is a day of breakthrough. Today is a day of power. Today is a day of deliverance. When I begin to come in a new way to you to get you beyond the things that would cause you to stumble and be unstable and be inconsistent in your life. Oh, so receive it today, says the Lord, and allow me to minister to you and allow me to take those things away from you that would cause you to stumble and to fall, that would cause you not to be steadfast. And the Lord said, I raise up a strong people. I raise up a stable people. I raise up a mature people. I raise up a consistent people. I raise up people that will not be double-minded, but I give you a single mind. I give you a single focus. I give you a single vision. And you'll walk in the days to come with a new security, with a new understanding, and with a new revelation. And so, Father, I pray today for everyone. Hallelujah. That is here this morning. Say this with me. Say, Lord, I loose myself from any assignment of hell, any assignment of double-mindedness. I will not be a double-minded believer. I will be steadfast. I will be immovable. I will always abound in the work of the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for doing something new in my life today. I believe and I receive a miracle, a change in my life as a result of today's services. Thank you, Lord, for your power and your grace touching my life. I believe it and I receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Now listen, I'm going to lay a foundation in these two services, but tonight I'm going to minister in this area extensively by praying for you in the different areas where the enemy would try to hold you captive. It doesn't mean you're not saved. You're saved by grace. God loves you. But deliverance is the children's bread. So I'm looking forward to tonight's service where we'll really spend some time praying and ministering to people and seeing some miracles. Say, I believe God. Say it again. I believe God that this Sunday will be a miracle Sunday in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Clap one more time and give God praise, will you?
Amen and amen. Let's give Apostle one more round of applause.